This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Dr. Marasmian with the news. First, the headlines. The Romanian senators and deputies return to parliament this week for the first parliamentary session of the year. The Romanian Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development, Petre Daia, participated in Brussels in the meeting of the Agriculture and Fisheries Council. And in Romania, the flu epidemic will end in approximately two to three weeks, said the Health Minister Alexandru Rafila. The Romanian senators and deputies returned this week to Parliament for the first parliamentary session of the year. Among the priorities on the agenda are sensitive bills, such as the one on public service pensions, which should no longer exceed a salary from the active period, or the proposals to amend the education laws, on which the parties in the governing coalition have so far failed to reach consensus. We'll come back to that after the news. The Romanian Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development, Petre Daia, participated today in Brussels in the meeting of the Agriculture and Fisheries Council. The agenda of talks includes important topics for agricultural producers in Romania, such as the market situation, the bioeconomy, honey labeling, the Directive on Industrial Emissions and Animal Transport. In the opening of the meeting, the Swedish presidency will make a presentation of its work program for the current semester in the field of agriculture and fisheries. European officials will receive information from the German delegation regarding the Global Forum on Food and Agriculture, which was held in Berlin on January 21st. The Health Minister Alexander Rafila said on Sunday evening on a private television station the number of flu and viral infection cases is decreasing in Romania. According to the minister, the flu epidemic will end in approximately two to three weeks. Alexandra Rafila stated that only in the last week the number of cases reported was smaller by 25%, about 100,000 new cases of viral respiratory infections and cases of flu compared to 140,000 a week ago. He also stressed that there were no problems with the stocks of medicines used in viral respiratory infections, even if their consumption has increased more than usual. The Romanian Cultural Institute announced the relaunch of the Cantemir Cultural Partnerships and Funding Program, intended for international projects. The main aim of the program is to connect cultural operators from Romania with partners from abroad. Through the Cantemir program previously run between 2006-2012, to 
and resumed in 2023 with some changes. The Romanian Cultural Institute will grant non-refundable funding for cultural initiatives in the fields of visual arts, fine arts, decorative arts, science and research and architecture, design, new media, photography, performance and performing arts, theater, music and dance. The NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg requested South Korea today to increase its military aid to Ukraine. The NATO leader is in Seoul as part of a visit that will also include Japan. According to the BBC, Stoltenberg intends to strengthen NATO ties with the Asian allies of the U.S. He mentioned the war in Ukraine alongside North Korea's nuclear and missile programs and China's growing assertiveness as reasons of concern for both East and West. In another development on Sunday in Berlin, Chancellor Olaf Scholz said that Germany would not send fighter planes to Ukraine, while Kyiv continues to request weapons from the Western countries to counter the Russian invasion. On Wednesday, Berlin decided to send 14 German-made Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine and allow other European countries to supply similar tanks to Kyiv. Also on Sunday, President Volodymyr Zelensky said he was confident that his country could defeat Russia this year, despite Ukraine's current difficulties on the battlefront. 2023 must and will certainly be the year of our victory, President Zelensky wrote in a social media post. At the same time, the Ukrainian leader admitted that the situation was very difficult regarding the heavy fighting in the east of the country. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is meeting today in Cairo with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi and Foreign Minister Sameh Shukri to discuss regional issues such as the transition to democracy in Sudan and elections in Libya. Blinken will also address the concerns related to the observance of human rights by the authorities in Cairo. Egypt is the first stage of the tour that the U.S. official is taking in the Middle East at a time of escalating violence between Israelis and Palestinians. And that's the news. And now we have a special announcement. On February 13th, we mark World Radio Day. This year's edition is themed Radio and Peace. War as an antonym to peace signifies an armed conflict between countries or groups within a country, but may also translate into a conflict of media narratives. The narrative can increase tensions or maintain conditions for peace in a given context. Since wars begin in the minds of men, it is in the minds of men that the defenses of peace must be constructed. On World Radio Day 2023, we invite you, dear friends, to send us short written or voice messages illustrating this theme radio and peace. We are looking forward to receiving your contributions at engl at rri.ro or on WhatsApp at 0040744312650. The most interesting of them will be included in special editions of our programs or will be posted on our social media. Late last week, Romania was hit by the first cold wave this winter. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Roxana Vasile. The first and single cold snap in the 2022-2023 winter season took Romania into its grip at the end of last week. 
This happened after the Christmas and New Year celebrations had unfolded in the context of record high temperatures. Meteorologists have even marked this year the warmest day of January in history at a number of weather stations across the country, 22 degrees Celsius on January 19. That is why, during the frequent talks about the weather forecast, all the people nostalgically remember the winters of the past with extremely low temperatures and heavy snowing that started in December and only ended in spring. The younger generation, however, not having experienced such cold winters, can only take the stories of their grandparents for granted. Some of them even complain that in spite of obviously crossing the middle of winter, it has started to snow and temperatures have dropped a little bit below zero. The three-day blizzard and snow episode late last week disrupted traffic in the number of Romanian counties where orange and yellow code alerts for bad weather were issued. The effects were, however, limited after rescue teams and volunteers managed to help drivers blocked in the snow and fix the blackouts. Also, trees and electricity poles blocking the road were removed. The heavy snow and disrupted traffic prompted a school in the eastern town of Galați to move its classes online. Also, rescue teams safely transported to the hospital several pregnant women blocked in their cars because of the bad weather and assisted other people who needed medical care. The circulation of trains was not disrupted, but delays were reported in the number of cases in the areas affected by blizzard. No flights were cancelled due to bad weather. According to a release of the Journal Inspectorate for Emergencies, more than 5,000 firefighters with over 3,600 vehicles were in standby, ready to intervene in support of the citizens and local authorities affected by the bad weather. Also, dozens of military helped removing the snow. In total, localities in almost half of the country needed the help of intervention teams, and this happened in the course of three days of true winter alone. The Parliament of Romania resumes its sessions this week. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this commentary written by Bogdan Matei. After a rather long winter recess, which started well before Christmas on December the 14th, Romanian MPs are returning to work on Wednesday, February the 1st, for the first parliamentary session of the year. Among their priorities, the mass media notice, are sensitive bills, such as the one capping special pensions at the level of the salaries paid for the respective positions, or the ones amending the education laws, on which the parties in the ruling coalition, the Social Democrats, the Liberals and the ethnic Hungarians in Romania, are yet to reach an agreement. The undergraduate education bill and the higher education bill are still being analyzed by education experts in the three parties. These are part of the Educated Romania project launched nearly a decade ago by President Klaus Johannes and still pending approval. According to the timetable agreed by political decision-makers, in February these bills should be passed by the government and reach parliament in March for endorsement. 
But the Social Democratic MP Vasile Dunku said recently that he had asked his party chief Marcel Jolaku to request an extension for the education law's deadline for further consultations. On the other hand, the Liberal spokesman Jonot Stroje insists that the original timetable must be complied with. Another bill to be discussed and endorsed concerns the pension benefits granted to certain categories of public sector employees, including magistrates, court staff and military personnel. Ahead of the elections due in 2024, another bill pending in Parliament stipulates that at least one-third of the candidates for parliamentary and local elections must be women. Meanwhile, analysts say the Liberals and the Social Democrats are planning ahead for the Prime Minister rotation decided by the ruling coalition. Under a protocol in this respect, the two main coalition members are to swap posts at the end of May, when the Social Democrat Matul Tolaku should replace the Liberal Nikolai Chuka as Prime Minister, and the latter should take over the Senate Speaker post currently held by his fellow Liberal Alina Gurgiu. The Liberals insist that under the protocol, some government ministers should also be replaced, although the Social Democrats would like to keep the offices where they claim their members have put up good performances, such as Sorin Grindano at the Transport Ministry and Adrian Kuchu at the Finance Ministry. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget to also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Report of the Day Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Palku. On January 26th, the Dimitria Kantemir Christian University in Bucharest hosted the launch of the Nordic Elite School of Bucharest, a new schooling institution scheduled to open its doors in autumn. The university already has a Nordic kindergarten and Nordic after-school club in place and is taking steps to open an elementary school and high school following the similar Nordic and Finnish pedagogy. For this project, Mr. Raduseke, a former State Secretary for Equity and Equality of Chances with the Education Ministry, has been hired as project manager. The university is also cooperating with the Edu Cluster in Juvascula, which will provide training to a group of Nordic school teachers this April. Nordic Elite School of Bucharest comes as a new product for the people of Bucharest, not just because it is patterned on the Finnish model of educational excellence, but also because there is no other educational unit with an explicit Nordic profile in Bucharest. Project manager Raduseki says that such new projects serve as a good opportunity for an across-the-board do-over of the entire Romanian education system. We all need more alternatives. We like to do things differently. We want to be different. The education system should also be different and provide options adapted to children, to their families and the cultural background itself. 
so that each should find opportunities to learn and develop, to become dignified citizens, well-informed and ready to enter the labor market, ready for a sustainable future where we protect our natural environment, Radu Sekei said. In turn, the president of the Dimitri Kandemir Christian University Senate, Professor Corina Dumitrescu, says that a new Nordic school will not address elites, but will provide an elite system of high-quality education, preparing children for a complex life, for a social dynamic that is constantly adapting and changing, and where skills such as flexibility and fast learning allow students to remain competitive. All that is incorporated in the philosophy of Nordic education based on the ideas of constructivist pedagogy. It is a school that will be an elite school through what it seeks to achieve in relation with its students, through its achievements. It addresses all children seeking a child-friendly and quiet environment, who are eager to learn and develop various skills and become competitive. It is a project that we believe to be key to the current phase of development of the Romanian education system. Corina Dumitrescu, wrapping up, report of the day. You are listening to Radio Romania International. The History Show. Welcome to The History Show. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The archetype of the intellectual politician in European history dates back to Roman antiquity, the first example being Emperor Marcus Aurelius during the 2nd century AD. In his famous book about the ideal form of government, The Prince, Niccolò Machiavelli writes that an intellectual prince will always find the right solutions for political leadership. One example of intellectual prince in Romanian history is the ruler of Wolachia Nagoe Basarab from the beginning of the 16th century. However, the most famous was the ruler of Moldavia, Dimitri Cantemir, who authored a vast number of books in different fields such as history, geography, morality, political science and music. Dimitri Cantemir was born in 1673 as the son of Moldavian ruler Constantin Cantemir and was called in a manner befitting the son of a ruler of the day. He was educated in the capital of the Ottoman Empire, living and studying on the banks of the Bosphorus between the ages of 14 and 37. His works include the classic texts The Divan, All the Sages Dispute with the World, a description of Moldavia, the hieroglyphic history and the history of the growth and decay of the Ottoman Empire. Other equally important books are the Chronicle of the Romanian-Moldavian Vlachs, the Oriental Collection, Little Compendium on All Lesson of Logic, a study into the nature of monarchy, the life of Constantin Cantemir, known as the Old, the ruler of Moldavia, system of Muhammad religion, and the book of the science of music. In recognition of his extraordinary contributions to human knowledge, in 1714, aged 41, 
Kantemir was elected as a member of the Royal Prussian Academy of Sciences in Berlin. He was mentioned by the famous English historian Edward Gibbon in his book The History and the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, as well as by the American historian of science Alan G. Debus in a book about the 16th century Flemish chemist Jan Baptist van Helmont. As a political leader, the career of Dimitri Kantemir was not as impressive as that of him as a scholar. He became the ruler of Moldavia in 1693 at the age of 20 after the death of his father. Seventeen years later, in 1710, he became ruler for the second time, but only for one year. He joined Peter the Great in the Russian-Turkish War, but the Russians' defeat at Stanilesht in 1711 led to his losing the throne. He went into exile at the court of Peter the Great, where he served as his advisor. Kandemir died in 1723, aged 50. 2023 was declared the year of Kandemir in Romania because it's the 350th anniversary of his death and the 300th anniversary of his birth. To mark this, the Romanian Academy Library opened an exhibition of manuscripts and books dedicated to Cantemir. Academy member Razvan Teodorescu spoke about how Cantemir was a European figure typical of his day, who brought together two cultural worlds, the West and the East. A lot is known about Kantemir, but many other things are yet to be discovered. I remember that a few years ago at Belgium's National Academy in Brussels, a conference was organized on Kantemir's European identity. In this case, we gave the world a great European. We should never forget that a description of Moldavia was commissioned by the Academy in Berlin, which at the time was commissioning various descriptions of eastern territories. This interest in the Levant, particularly in Prussia, was quite notable, hence the work commissioned to Kandemir. In spite of the current political circumstances, we should not shy away from saying that Dmitry Kandemir became a member of the Berlin Academy in his capacity as a Russian prince. When the Prussian royalty thought of giving Peter the Great an accolade, and they chose the most educated man in the Russian Empire, it was Kantemir, the former ruler of Moldavia, that they suggested. Kantemir brought together the traditional culture of this region, the Ottoman culture, and the Russian one. In this respect, he was a forerunner of the European identity, at a time when a new Europe, the pre-modern Europe, was only taking shape. Konstantin Barbo, an editor of Dmitry Kandemir's works, discussed the manuscripts included in this exhibition dedicated to the scholar. Around 200 volumes have survived of Kantemir's works, and so far we have printed 104 of them. I managed to compile two manuscripts by Kantemir, they are now complete Kantemir works, and they can be found in Moscow and here in Bucharest. We also brought several previously unknown manuscripts by Kantemir. 
but Cantemir's manuscripts are not only to be found in Russia, but also at the Academy in Berlin, and we brought here the 15 manuscripts that they have. The year of Cantemir brings back to the forefront an outstanding cultural personality, and just as much a remarkable European. This has been all in the History Show. Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. Welcome, I'm Elena Enake. The Integrated Information System for Tracking Wood Materials, SUML 2.0, was implemented in Romania two years ago. The system provides information on the origin, circulation and trading of wood materials, wood storage areas and round wood processing facilities and was designed as an instrument against illegal logging. Environmental activists and non-governmental organizations have noticed that Romania's forests are disappearing at an alarming rate and that in the absence of adequate measures, six hectares of forest are being cleared every hour. According to Bucharest officials, the system has proven its effectiveness because there have been no illegal wood cuttings on large areas in the last two years. Attending a conference of foreign owners and administrators in Hargita County, Eastern Transylvania, at the end of last week, the Environment Minister Tankos Barna said that the SUML computer system launched two years ago is the most complex tracing system in Europe, which proved to be both useful and effective in the fight against illegal logging. In addition to the elements of traceability and follow-up of wood exploitation, its transport and processing, the system also provides the updated situation of forestry's activities in Romania. The environment minister said, adding that in the two years since the implementation of the system, the biggest challenge in the forestry field was regaining Romania's credibility before the European institutions. The statement was made in the context in which the European Commission launched an infringement procedure against Romania regarding wood mass exploitation in the forestry sector affected for many years by illegal logging. According to Ager Press News Agency, Tankos Barna also said that 2023 will be the first year when the surfaces affected by illegal logging in particular, but not only by that, will be restored in the Natura 2000 sites that we have monitored, assessed, inventoried and presented to the European Commission and under which we will start the first restoration of forest habitats, probably another case study for Europe, in light of the new ambitions of the European Commission to restore 30% of the habitats lost in Europe in the last 50 to 70 years. In this respect, a new regulation is being drafted in Europe and he's sure that Romania will be a good example. SUML 2.0, tracking the wood route from forests to warehouses, aims to eliminate any confusion regarding the quantity transported and the type of wood material. Transporters must upload into the system photos of the amount of wood coming out of the forest and that which is in the warehouses or processing factories. Any timber transport from loading to unloading can be traced by GPS, eliminating the possibility that the means of transport having only one license can be used repeatedly. 
Another particularity of the SUMOL system is that it allows to monitor the volumes of wood material in any warehouse in the country. In addition, the quantities of wood in warehouses are automatically updated by SUMOL 2.0, so chances for illegal transactions or removals from the system are very small. And that has been Think Green. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to our regular sports feature. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The Romanian athlete Laura Ilie won the bronze in the 10-meter air rifle women event of the ISSF World Championship on Saturday in Jakarta, Indonesia. The former European champion got a very good score in the qualifiers, ranking second with 631.4 points. But in the final, she came out third with 260 points. The gold went to Esther Mesaros of Hungary and the silver to Poland's Aneta Stankiewicz. The Australian Open came to a close on Sunday. The winner of the men's competition was Novak Djokovic and Arina Sabalenka won the women's competition. Of the Romanian participants, the best performance was Elena Gabriela Ruses. She reached the semi-finals of the women's doubles together with Marta Kostiuk of Ukraine. They were defeated in the semis by Barbara Krejcikova and Katerina Sinyakova of the Czech Republic, seed number one and winners of this year's final as well. But for Ruse and Kostiuk, this was the best performance in a Grand Slam. In the Erste Liga, a local ice hockey competition, sport club Mierkuraciuk Sunday defeated the Hungarian side Fehervar Hockey Academia 7-3. The Hungarian side also played on Friday against Korona Brasov and lost 3-5. Top of the ranking are ACSH Gurgien with 75 points out of 34 matches, followed by Budapest Hockey Academia with 73 points in 33 matches. This weekend also saw football games counting towards the 23rd leg of the Romanian Super League. On Friday, Universitata Cluj drew at home against Rapid Bucharest. On Sunday, SC Mioven defeated UTA Arad 2-1, while Kindia Targoviste managed the same score away from home against Petrolul Ploiesti, and Universitata Craiova beat FC Hermannstadt 2-0. On Sunday, FC Botoshan outplayed FC Argeș to nil and Farol Constanța won against FCSB 3-2 after overtime. The game pitting FC Svantu Gheorghe against FC Ucraiova was suspended on 26 minutes by the referee Andrei Kivulete because of anti-Hungarian slogans chanted by Craiova's fans. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in today's broadcast, it's All That Jazz. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and today's installment features the jazz and blues vocalist, percussionist, guitarist, journalist and promoter Berti Barbera. We start today with Bob Dylan's Gotta Serve Somebody, 
performed by Berti Barbera together with the guitarist Nico Patoi and the bassist Tejabal Bodila. Thank you. 
On the 27th of January 1972, bluesman Bertie Barbera lived in Suchava for several years, and in 1990 he came to Bucharest and graduated from the University of Theatre and Film Arts. He organized a series of concerts entitled Jazz in the Neighborhood in Yash, Potoshany, and Suchava, and hosted a large number of jazz and blues television and radio shows. We wrap up today with Let the Good Times Roll from a CD entitled 50 and Swinging, recorded at the Radio Hall in Bucharest together with the Radio Big Band in January 
Let's get together and let the good times roll. Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. Listener's Letterbox. Welcome, dear friends, to a fresh edition of Listener's Letterbox. At the microphone, your host, Vlad Palku. A happy new year to all listeners who keep sending us messages and reports for the first time this year, either via email or to our postal address. On behalf of the entire staff at the English service, we convey our best wishes for 2023 to everyone listening right now. A new year has started along with promises of a better future and, of course, fear of ongoing or new challenges, and we hope to be there to help you navigate all these times, good or bad, in the year ahead. Our promise remains the same. We will continue to deliver updated information on the latest local, regional and international developments, while providing you with insight into specific areas of life in Romania. This start of January we got a lot of interesting messages from listeners all over the world. On January the 4th, Patrick Travers from England wrote in, wanting to know more about Romanian folktales and the region of Transylvania. I'm not sure if you're seeking one answer to both questions, Patrick, but Romanian literature is very rich in fairy tales, some of them going many centuries back. The best-known authors are Petre Ispirescu, Ion Kranga, Mihai Eminescu and Ioan Slavic, although the most famous fairy tales are folk-inspired and remain anonymous. One example is the tale of Harapalp, written by Ion Kranga. Its plot very much resembles that of other fairy or scary tales in other European folk traditions. Harapalp is the youngest of the king's three sons, who sets out to earn his father's favor and kingdom and undergoes a series of challenges, many of which involve supernatural foes. He also befriends a number of animals and odd fellows who join his party and help him in his quest. Eventually, of course, he succeeds and gets the girl as well in the process. You can find an English short version of Harapalb online. And in connection to your second question, many folk tales originate from or revolve around the region of Transylvania, which we recommend all our listeners to visit one day. It is vast and rich in traditions and customs, boasts some extraordinary landscape, and there are a variety of pastimes in the region's numerous cities. 
To find out more, stay tuned to our travel features, Traveler's Guide and Visit Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You are listening to Listener's Letterbox. We are living through some of the messages you sent to our office this past week. And it is time to greet two old-time listeners and friends, Skinner Grant and William Patelon III. The former sent us a very nice message at the start of the new year, and we were very happy to be able to reconnect after such a long absence. Radio is still the cheapest way to learn quickly about the world. Even in the Internet era, radio stations provide me with comprehensive information, our listener writes. Indeed, radio fortunately remains a favorite source of information for millions of people around the world, and we are grateful to have you as part of our family. The same goes to Bill Patelon, who wrote to us, describing the latest developments in his life and, of course, sending us reception reports. He adds, I'll tune in more often to RRI, which is crucial as it gives information to the rest of the world. It is the best, most detailed and most engaging source of insight in the great country we all know as Romania. That Romania's leaders understand this and continue to use RRI as its showpiece shows their shrewdness. Let's hope that wisdom remains. End of quote. Well, we couldn't agree with you more. We hope to remain a trusted source of information for as many listeners as possible in 2023 as well. It's listeners' letterbox time on Radio Romania International, and this couldn't go on without giving a nod to all our listeners who sent us reception reports last week. Alan Willey of Canada enclosed a series of reports for our broadcast dated January the 2nd through the 5th. Debakemal Hazarika from India also tuned in on January 16th. Art Wormold from Ontario, Canada sent us a report for a number of older broadcasts he picked up last year which we recommend all our listeners to do, in case they've missed the opportunity throughout the year. Mr. Nazir Aziz from Pakistan sent us snapshots and video recordings on WhatsApp of his reception of our broadcasts for a number of frequencies. As I said, we welcome this method of sending us reports of our broadcasts where possible. Thank you for this message as well. Hans Werner Lollike of Denmark also wrote in last week to send us a reception report, adding, Postal service has become real slow in Denmark. The process of digitalization has left the oldest up to 10% of our population as outlaws. They have to rely on younger family members. Do you have the same problem in Romania? End of quote. Of course we do, Hans. I think it's pretty much the same everywhere else in the world. Postal services were slowing down already before 2020. But with the COVID-19 pandemic and the 2022 Russian aggression in Ukraine, the ensuing increase in transport and energy costs made postal services more expensive and much slower. And of course, we all help our older relatives with the odd bit of new technology issues. But to be honest, I can barely keep up with all the advancements myself. Nothing we can do about it, though. Moving on with our show, Aaron Corner from Canada wanted to know if there is a way to listen to old shows. Of course there is, and it's a good thing too we can refresh this piece of information for all our listeners. Our website, rri.ro, has a section titled On Demand. Here you can find daily updates of our one-hour broadcast in English, the first of every day, aired at 
1400 hours local time. A nod now to a number of listeners who sent us reports this past week as well, including Balbir Singh from India and Malik Allah Bachaya from Pakistan. Richard Lemke from Canada, who sent us multiple reports last week. Also Hiroshi Katayama from Japan, Ding Lu from China, Ratan Kumar Paul from India, who sent us three reception reports. A warm thank you goes to Krister Brunström from Sweden and to our listener from South Dakota, Ricky Hein, who both signal technical issues with our frequencies. Thank you both. Hopefully the problems will be addressed and solved soon. And finally, we are also grateful for the reception reports we received from Lawrence Holloway from Australia and Tapan Basak from India, the latter actually sending us almost daily reports, for which we are very grateful. As you know, QSL cards will be sent to everyone sending us accurate reception reports regarding details of our broadcast. As always, you can take screenshots of your mobile devices, enclose PDF or doc documents with evidence of reception, and even audio or video samples, which are the best and easiest way to verify if they are accurate. Of course, when we say easiest, we refer to us, the English staff, because we know it's not easy for everyone to record reception of RI and send these recordings to our office. Which is all the more reason to be grateful to anyone who has this possibility. We also got a number of messages on Facebook, of which we mentioned Gide Panebianco from Catania, Italy, who was simply happy for hearing his contribution mentioned in a DX mailbag program. And this is all we had time for today. Before signing out, don't forget we're still eager to receive your contributions on World Radio Day. On February 13th, we mark World Radio Day on RY as well. This year's edition, the 12th, is themed Radio and Peace. War, as an antonym to peace, signifies an armed conflict between countries or groups within a country, but may also translate into a conflict of media narratives. The narrative can increase tensions or maintain conditions for peace in a given context. Since wars begin in the minds of men, it is in the minds of men that the defenses of peace must be constructed. On World Radio Day 2023, we invite you, dear friends, to send us short written or voice messages illustrating this theme, Radio and Peace. We are looking forward to receiving your contributions at engl at ri.ro or on WhatsApp at 0040-744-312-650. The most interesting of them will be included in special editions of our programs or will be posted on our social media. And that's a wrap for today's program. From me, Vlad Palku, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to our regular traditional music segment. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and today's guests are Florentina and Petre Giurgi, representing Romanian folklore from Maramures in the north of the country.
with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17800 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>